0: what up royal family welcome back to another episode of the queen x podcast with your host i am autumn black and this is a podcast where we discuss ways to live a life with an ash free mindset So all of April, we have been talking about finances because of the coronavirus. That is, a lot of people are worried about their health, but aside from being worried about your health, a lot of people are worried about how are they going to survive the coronavirus financially and how are they going to survive after the coronavirus financially. So I've had um, on the podcast, I had um, a credit repair specialist, Bronta Washington, came on from um, Prime Financial solutions and she talked to us about maintaining our credit score um, during this coronavirus pandemic and then I did a um, I had trouble recording the podcast episode so I posted it on the Patreon and then it's 100% free. It is um, the podcast that I listen to that helped me understand financial literacy and helped me get on track with money. So I will put the link for that um, on my Patreon. It's on the Patreon page, but it is 100% free. I know if you tried to click on it sometime last week before, um, it wanted you to become a Patreon member, but I had my settings and shit messed up, but I got my shit together, and it's 100% free. Just click on the link, read the article, and check out some of those podcasts that I have linked in there. One of the podcasts that I have linked in there is actually um, Code and Coin, and I had the pleasure of sitting down and doing an interview with one of the hosts of Code and Coin, Miss Michael James. Came through and dropped some knowledge for the royal family, and she is otherwise known as the Bougie Budgeter. So, Michael James, A.K.A. the Bougie Budgeter is the founder of BougieBudgets.com, an online platform dedicated to teaching Gen Z professionals how to finance their best lives. Upon graduating with her MBA focused in accounting, Mike became a certified financial literacy instructor. She has a fresh new take on managing money and finances. Her teachings use pop culture references and very relatable language to help her audience understand confusing money concepts, such as budgeting, saving, and investing. The goal is to make positive money moves while still controlling your finances because you can only live your best life when it is properly financed. Amen, sister. Her work has been inspired through her own transition into corporate America. She has firsthand experience proving relatable to many recent graduates. Not only does she give tangible action steps to strengthening finance stability, she also helps her audience identify money trauma that may be blocking them from financial success. Understanding how money stress can affect work life, productivity more than any other stressor, Michael decided to attack the problem head on. As professionals, the financial stress usually comes from lack of money management skills, not from lack of funds. Since beginning her career as a financial literacy educator and advocate in 2018, Mikel has worked with organizations such as Howard University Trio Program, as well as public schools within the District of Columbia, Maryland, and Northern Virginia metropolitan area. She has curated workshops and interactive lectures to engage her audience and get them motivated to make money moves. Mikel is a first generation college graduate from Washington, D.C. area. She received both her bachelor's and master's in business administration with a concentration in accounting from Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. She returned to the Washington, D.C. metro area to pursue her passion to educate, motivate and inspire others to create the life they desire. She's a certified financial literacy instructor through the National Financial Education Council as an instructor michael has worked with individuals businesses and nonprofit organizations so not only does my girl know what she's talking about but she's very good at what she does so without any further ado here's my interview with michael james aka the bougie budgeter So Michael, for all of my listeners that are gonna be tuning in and tapping in for all of this dope information you're about to be giving us, um, tell them a little bit about what the bougie, bougie Budgeter is.
1: Great, so I am the Bougie Budgeter. I created the platform to empower and engage and also educate young professionals about their finances and understanding money in a relatable way, versus a lot of the information that we're given is very, um, really old information. And I think sometimes it really attacks us for wanting to enjoy luxuries or wanting to enjoy things that are deemed unnecessary. Right. So I, <laughs> so I created the platform to really, really give financial education that is. Helpful and doesn't shame you for wanting the little luxuries of life.
0: Okay, so just real quick, give us an example of what those
1: types of things would be. So um, one thing that I love to do is go to brunch, (laughs) and for something for some people, it's like uh, like to me, like there's an attack on brunch. Like every time you hear or read an article, it's always like, oh, you know, millennials are out here brunching when they could be saving that money and stuff like that. And it's like, that's not killing my budget as much as a terrible credit score can, can kill my budget, right? As much as poor poor financial habits overall, like my $25 going to brunch where I can enjoy with my friends and have a good social experience is not the, the killer of my budget. And I think that sometimes they get a little wrapped up with trying to nickel and dime all of the small things like enjoying brunch or buying clothes and not seeing the bigger things like making sure that your credit is good or making sure that you have negotiated your bills so that you are getting the most out of your money from the companies from your service providers and you know they just gloss over those facts and i hate that like i know that that my money story is made up more than just how much debt that i have and how much i can how much i can cut out of my life because i'm a social person i like to be out i like to have fun i love to travel and i shouldn't have to stifle my life or, you know, shut myself off from the world just because I don't have five million dollars in the bank.
0: Facts. I love the fact that you point that out because a lot of people would rather focus on the fact that you're spending twenty five dollars on your brunch or for your Starbucks coffee all week long versus the fact that the gas, water and electricity is overcharging us. You know like they're charging exuberant amounts of money because they know that we have to have these things like you mentioned your credit score like this is something that's super important um but it, and it can be detrimental to your finances but this 25 for my brunch with me kicking it with my girls and these mimosas these bottomless mimosas is not
1: going to do me in exactly i actually Side note, I had to stop getting mimosas because they give your girl a headache like no other for the next day. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just cheap champagne that does it or if it's champagne altogether, but I had to I had to slow down on the mimosas girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And like I think I saw a post that's like, you know, you shouldn't be traveling or going on vacation if you don't have ten thousand dollars in the bank in your bank account. Like, okay all right. Like I I get, I get the understanding of, you know, you do want to be secure with your savings, but to tell people that they have to basically put their entire life on hold and and throw out all social activities until, you know, you have all of this money is crazy. Like why, why can't I choose to find other ways to have fun with my friends without spending money? Like, I I think that that there is something to go for that. And even on the social side, like I go to the bar. I love to go out, you know, (laughs) pre-Rona. I like to (laughs) go out. Me and my friend go to happy hour all the time. But like we focus on making sure that we don't spend too much money because I was definitely that girl. I'm that friend who wants everyone to have fun. So I would be like, oh, I put it on my tab, put it on my tab. Like I forever always opened up a tab and, and I would leave the bar spending 60, $70 on drinks and not think anything of it because like I have a job, like, you know, I had money that was coming in constantly. So I wasn't worried about spending $60 at the bar just as long as I had fun. Right. And then I realized, okay, like, what is actually fun for me at the bar? Is it the act of buying drinks or is it the act of just being social and meeting new people? And I like to be at the bar or, you know, having fun outside of being at home because I like to interact with other people. So then I tried to find a way to do it cheaper. So me and my homegirl, girl, like we, the, my friend, that we always go out in the city together. We just made a deal to, like, not spend money on drinks at the bar and see if we could, one, still have fun, and two, still, like, still have drinks and still enjoy ourselves. So we were able to do that. now, like, now when we go to the bar, we, we either drink before we go out, okay, you know, do that, or... Pre-game. <laughs> we, yeah, we pre-game, or, you know, we we find someone who is going to buy us drinks or we socialize our way into finding a drink or something like that if we really do want to drink. And if we don't, we won't. And I think that that's where we have to really understand our spending habits on a sense of why do I like to do this? Even when it comes to my nails, like I love to have my nails done. And that's something that I'm not willing to compromise on either. Well, again, Rona is... (laughs) has her own way, but um, I like having my nails done. And then I had to really break it down and think like, do I like what my nails look like after they're done? Or do I like the time to socialize with my nail tech? Or do I like the relaxing time or the time where I don't have to think about work? And once you figure out what it is that you actually like from the things that you're spending money on, then you can maximize on what you enjoy. So if I just really like the fact that my nails are done, I can find a cheaper way to get my nails done and still have them look nice. But if I like the camaraderie of being at the nail salon but I wanna cut back, I stopped getting long nails, you know, stopped getting the nail extensions and focused on just getting a manicure and a pedicure which is, much cheaper, spend less time in the nail salon, but I still get that experience that I want from my, from my tech.
0: Yeah. So you're just making little tiny sacrifices here and there to get the things that you really actually
1: want. Exactly. And I'm still enjoying life's luxuries. I'm not cutting out or diminishing my quality of life. I'm still being able to do the things that I enjoy, but looking at the price of it and how I can tweak it to make it work for me and my budget
0: genius that's absolutely genius my Kelsey this why you the bougie budgeter this why we like you
1: (laughs) no I think that sometimes we don't we we just hear this oh like don't get your hair done or something like that and listen I don't know how to do my own hair Yes, um, i'm going to admit it i'm the black girl who does not know how to braid i <laughs> i didn't you and me okay. both don't don't fear i do not know how to braid i don't like i don't really care for weaves just because it's a lot of maintenance i i like things that are very easy for me to maintain because i'm lazy and i had to get my hair by somebody else i'm sorry and maybe this week i get a wig and it's going to cost me $300 $400. And that wig is going to last me for the next four or five months. Or I get some braids, and that's $200. And that's going to last me for the next two or three months. But this traditional way of budgeting won't account for that, right? A lot of the traditional budgeting is trying to tell me how much money I should be spending in each category, whether that's hair or you know, toiletries or on clothes and things like that, it, doesn't, it didn't fit my lifestyle. And then it started ending up looking at a bad report card every time. It's like, okay, I overspent on my hair this month or I went out to eat too much this month. And every time I'm just like, okay, well, I'm not overspending. I'm still spending within my means, but I'm overspending in these categories. So it still made me feel bad. But when I started to, when I created the financial flow and started using this idea of it doesn't matter how much money I'm spending on each category, as long as I don't overspend on my spending limit, I'm perfect. And when I stopped, when I went away, when I did away with trying to understand the different categories, I felt so much better about my budgeting. I felt so much better about looking at my accounts and reviewing my spending every month that I started being encouraged to pay off debts a little bit more faster. I started getting encouraged to save more money and things like that. So it's super important to understand what type of budgeting works for you and that traditional budgeting did not work for me.
0: I love the fact that you could just literally sit down, look at your finances, look at your lifestyle and recognize this isn't working for me. So I need to do something that is going to work for me, but it's still going to have a positive
1: impact on my relationship with money. Absolutely. And that's where that's that's why I created the platform in the first place, because I wanted people. I feel ashamed to look at their bank accounts. Um, the other day on Instagram, I show people my net worth, which is a negative $57,000. And I don't care. Like I'm 24 years old and right now, and I have student loan debt. I have a car. I don't have any credit card debt, but you know, those are two big debts that I have. But on the positive side, I also contribute every month to my 401k I have I my 401k is like $20,000 right now right and I make $70,000 a year so just because I have the $75,000 worth or worth of student loans I I know that that is going to be a debt that's going to take me some time to get rid of and I've forgiven myself for that. And I'm moving past that. Like if I'm so stuck on thinking about, geez, like I have $75,000 worth of debt. And if I continue to let that weigh on me, it's going to affect me negative negatively, but I've forgiven myself for, for that past money mistake. And now I'm on the path to figuring out a way to pay it off and figuring out a way to put myself in a better financial state in the future. Because I can't change the past. I can only I can only control what is happening in the present and you know work to making a better future.
0: Yes. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. You've mentioned a couple of times about the Rona. We all know the Rona is here and she is wreaking havoc on our lives. So what do you think are um, two common budgeting mistakes that people usually make whenever we hit a crisis like this, whether it's recession or the
1: Rona? I see. So I'm I'm still pretty young. So I, I when the first recession hit, I was what in like eighth grade. <laughs> so I was still <laughs> living under my parents, and thankfully we weren't we weren't too badly affected. Honestly. By the first recession, neither one of my parents got laid off. Um, they are, my mother is a secretary for the government and my dad worked worked for the water company and the post office. So those are like kind of essential jobs. My mom is still working right now. My dad retired, so he doesn't work currently right now. And we, we were, we, we we still had money coming in during that first recession. So, I didn't really notice anything that changed, but I do definitely understand that, you know, sometimes people panic. And when people are panicking during these kinds of situations, they're not thinking clearly, which I, I and I'm not going to hold anybody to um to shaming them for being in a panic state. I definitely get it. And right now, while I still have a full time job, and because just because of the industry that I work in, I work in an essential industry as well, I'm not in a panic. I'm, you know, more in a se- sense of trying to understand and ha- trying to navigate or pivot my my expenses. So I think that one thing that we also do is not ask enough questions, and giving some grace and space to people. So one thing that I'm really pushing for people to do is call their creditors, call their um, service providers, call anybody that you owe money or that you give money to on a monthly basis and see what type of deals they have available. You know, a lot of people, um, some, some of these insurance companies are giving back premiums some companies are offering zero percent interest for a couple of months uh federal student loans have zero percent interest and you don't and a payment freeze for the next till september so there are so many things that are being open to help people in this time but you don't know what kind of help your service providers are providing if you don't ask the question and you don't negotiate some people don't like to get on the phone get on the phone girl call somebody <laughs> okay like <laughs> call them and ask and take take that time take that extra step to ask what kind of deals that they're giving and ask what kind of help they're providing for you so that when your bills are cut down, you now know that how you can pivot. And then the other thing is ask what kind of other income that you can get. So if you you can apply for unemployment, what does that look like? What are the steps to getting that done? If you can find some side hustles or, or what have you, some figure out what things that you have been doing at work, that can transition into a freelance job for the next couple of months, do that, you know, find a way to cut down those expenses and increase whatever income you can, you can at this time. Don't panic about it, you know, think creatively and figure out a way to, to increase, to create that time of increase.
0: Yeah. Now is definitely the time to get creative and I love your first tip um, where you're telling people, literally get on the phone, do not be afraid. Now is the time to have those conversations because I called my insurance company um, Progressive. I called them to ask them what type of relief that they're offering in this time and they informed me and let me know that when I make my payment um, for April in May, they're gonna issue me back 20% of the payment that I made for the insurance on my car that's the kind of relief that they're offering so
1: you just you never know I never would have known that they didn't call me I had to call them yeah because who is gonna um, willingly say hey I want to give you 20% of your payment back right you have to uh, (laughs) and this is me pre-rona I called my my creditors my um my credit card company I would call them uh, every three to six months just to see what's popping, you know, just to see like, Hey girl, do you have any deals for me? Like, what is, what's the tea? Like, you know, can I get a little cut on my inch, my interest rate Can I get an extension or can I get a credit limit increase? Like, let me know what's up. And honestly, uh I called one of my credit card companies, which I had already paid the card off, but because um, I, I hold credit cards because they are a great way to keep safety. I, I like the protection that they have when it comes to purchasing, but that's uh, that's on another note. When I called one of my credit card companies and they're like, well, Ms. James, you've already paid for the the month already. And I was like, okay, well, like, do y'all have anything else that you can give me? Like, just let me know. like." <laughs> <laughs> what else what, what else what, you, you what else are you offering like is there a 0% interest or something like they're like okay miss james like no like come on girl but <laughs> I, I just do it all the time because i just want to make sure that i can i am getting my max benefits from a bank that makes so much money off of me very
0: true very true So it's best to speak up, even if they're not asking you to speak, speak anyways. I feel you on that. So do you know um, any companies just off the top of your head that are providing, that you know of, that are providing some type of bill
1: relief for families? Um, I've seen commercials for like State Farm. I know that they're giving some some premiums back. I think... Um, I have Sprint, so Sprint is extending the amount of Wi-Fi or the hotspot, exp- extending the the hotspot um, gigs to like 20 instead of 10, and like they're they're doing little things, so. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some other things. Definitely, again, calling your credit card company will definitely help. Um, You can ask for one of three things. You can either ask for a credit limit increase, and that also helps your credit score increase too. Um, That's one of my hacks too. If I want to increase my credit score, I will call my, my credit card company and ask for a credit limit increase because that helps with your credit utilization it brings it down the more money you have available so if and this is credit utilization is like say you have a credit card that has a limit of $1,000 and you spend hundred dollars on there, right? That is 10% of your credit utilization. So that's how you use 10% of your available credit. And the golden rule is to have less than 30% credit utilization. I prefer to keep mine at the 20 to 25%. So if you have a, again, if you have a credit card that has $1,000 spending limit, you don't want to go over $250. Well, that's my personal thing. I don't like to go over $250. Um, after you go past the 30% credit utilization, it starts to um, affect your credit score negatively. So a hack is to ask for a credit limit increase. So that same card, if they increase my limit from 10 from 1,000 to 2,000, but I keep the same $200, um, $200 payment or $200 credit utilization on it. Now that takes my utilization from 20% to 10% without me having to do anything extra.
0: Oh, nice. So you don't necessarily change anything on your end, but you just have them change
1: something on their end typically yes. a company a credit card company will give will increase your limit um, we'll, well we'll see what we'll be open to extending your limit probably one to two times a year and sometimes they will they'll do it automatically or you can call to ask for it so that is one of my favorite things to do is to call for a credit limit increase you can also ask for a credit, in like um, the APR interest, your credit card interest decrease. So your interest is how much you are going to be paying on a yearly basis. So they're, they can range from 15% to honestly up to like 30 or 40%. If it is a terrible bank, they'll charge you like anywhere up from 30% interest. And the I want you to also understand that if it's saying like 25% interest or 15% interest, that is for the entire year, but interest is accrued daily. So it is going to continue to accrue every day from the day that you make the purchase to the day that you, you pay. Right. But the interest is only applied if you do not make your, if you do not pay the card off in full. Because I think that sometimes there's misinformation about how credit cards actually work. And somebody will give the example, oh, you can have a $10 ice cream and end up paying $20 for it. That's not necessarily true. <laughs> and it's it's a terrible example <laughs> because that's not how it works. So the, the interest is broken into a yearly interest, right? So 30% APR is annual percent rate, right? And then you can also break it down into the month. So if it's, you know, 30% a month, then a year, then you have to break it down into the monthly, how much interest you're, they're charging you monthly, which is, uh, it's going to be a little bit lower, but it's still accrues a that from $10 ice cream to $20 that happens when you don't pay off your credit card in full at the end of the billing cycle and that's where the misinformation is it doesn't just if you put it on a credit card all all of a sudden now this ten dollar ice cream turns into twenty dollars when you let it sit on the credit card statement is when it starts accruing the interest so be mindful of that
0: and so when it comes to when it comes to um calling and asking for a credit increase i would imagine you'd have a better chance of actually getting a, a credit increase from whatever credit card company or bank if you have good standing like if you've been making your payments
1: regularly on time and possibly even in full. Yeah, free. absolutely. If you are uh, making at least the minimum payments constantly and it is it's mm-hmm. it's it can get a little overwhelming sometimes especially if you're only paying the minimum The minimum is not going to pay off the credit card, but it keeps your account in good standing. And that's where you want to you want to at least focus yourself into putting your account into good standing if you don't have it. And something that I think people don't realize is and this is a mistake that I made when I was younger. I, you know, got into that Victoria's Secret trap and I have a Victoria's Secret card and I wouldn't pay on it because I was in college and I had all this, all this. Um, I put all these charges on there, but I didn't have the money to pay it off. So I was just like, okay, well, I'll just pay them when I get the money. But I'm not going to pay them now, and that forced my account into um, a late payment for two months. So I have like a sixty and a ninety day. So that's actually three months. So I got a sixty and ninety day like red flag on my credit report because I just did not pay instead of doing the du- due diligence and at least paying the minimum. If you at least pay the minimum, you keep your account in good standing until you can pay off the entire card. And some people would rather just pay. They're just like, oh, I'll just pay it in full when I get it. But meanwhile, your, card, your, your account is not your account is going into a basically a bad debt so think about that and making sure that you at least pay the minimum until you have the money to start making bigger payments if you at least pay the minimum then you can show the bank that you're at least willing to pay and if you do fall on hard times like rona is happening that's why we're saying that but even on a pre-rona or post-rona definitely take the time if you're falling on hard times call your banks and see what kind of deals they can work out with you because at the end of the day they rather have someone who like they rather have a little bit of money than no money right (laughs) that's i think that's anybody. right right right. they rather have a little bit than none but think about if you owe me money right and i'm like hey girl um when you gonna give me that money back you know i loaned you two hundred dollars you're like okay like i got your 200 i'm well when i get your 200 i'm gonna pay you or like so then i know okay so she's trying i'm good but if you ghost me and you don't tell me that you know you've fallen on hard times but you're trying to get the money back i'm just gonna get mad at you and i'm gonna you know you know continue to, to <laughs> right. distrust you so you have to create that, that conversation with your bank and with your creditors because they don't know. And if you don't, if they and they have systems in place to make up for any lost accounts, they have the systems in place. You just have to communicate. Communication is
0: key. I love that. Okay, so um, I love the fact that you did, you brought up the, your $10 ice cream turning into a $20 ice cream, <laughs> which is what we don't want to happen, and you know, it, it doesn't work exactly like that, um, but since we are in the uh, cri- the crisis corona mode right now, everybody's trying to really work digi- diligently to save their money, um, be more responsible with their money, but before the Rona, a lot of people's uh, biggest habit, the thing that they spend the most money on that was um, you know, outside of their bills is food. So is there anything that you would suggest or anything that you personally have have done or are doing now that um, would be like really good budget friendly
1: meals? So <laughs> budget friendly meals, I, I actually created a, a system for myself. When I was like going to work, I would bring Food. And of course, you know, bring, bring my own lunch, but I would challenge myself to only spend $50 on $50 for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's just for me, a single person by myself. You know, some people are like, oh, I can't do that. It's fine. Like you, you can really make anything stretch, but um, some tips mm-hmm. for when you're going to the grocery store, have a list, of course, like have a list of things that you're going to do. And one thing that really helped me was cooking from cookbooks. Um, my, one of my really good friends, we have like our little tradition now. So every Christmas she gets me a cookbook, um, and one that she thinks that I'll, I'll out, I will like. So I think I had Tia Mallory's cookbook, loved it. I have Carla Hall. She got me that one this year. Um, and I like to cook through cookbooks and that also really helped me with, losing weight too so um there's a direct correlation between your finances and your health and when i started focusing on feeling good about my purchases and cutting down on the amount of money that i spent on groceries it helped me figure out more friendly meals So I cut out a lot of meat because meat is expensive, (laughs) and you know if you're a meat eater, meat eater, that's your business. You know, like um, my girl Tabitha Brown (laughs) says, you know that is your business. But meat, meat is pretty typical. It's typically very expensive, so I cut out a lot of meat that I would buy a lot of fish, and I started eating more fresh vegetables and fresh fruits because it takes a little bit longer to prep them but it's cheaper on on your pockets. So it's much cheaper to buy a fresh crown of broccoli than to buy a bag of frozen broccoli. And you typically will get more, something that can stress throughout the week. And um, it lasts in the refrigerator a lot better too. So those are some things that I did and how I kind of curved my fast food habit was, if it was less than $10, if it was $10 or less, i had to pay for it in cash. And if i didn't have the cash, i wouldn't buy it. And that real that nice. was like that was probably for me the most strict rule that i had ever done for my budget was the the cash rule. And that's because i don't carry a lot of cash. I usually maybe at the most have like $40 in cash because i'm not i don't really like to carry cash too often and yeah so if it was less than ten dollars i had to buy it in cash so it's like i would I, I have done this like in chick-fil-a and it came up to like eight dollars and i'm like damn it like i or i will i will scratch up as many coins as i have in my little coin purse and i have paid like five dollars <laughs> in coins just just because i did not want to swipe my card. That's good
0: though. That is key. I really like that. I've never heard of that, but I'm definitely <laughs> gonna try to utilize that. Cause cash is not something that a lot of people carry with them anymore. So that's and you, to you know that.
1: you are more diligent when you are spending cash versus when you are swiping your card because your card you can't really see anything happening, but your cash you can see it decreasing. So I also put notifications right. on all of my cards. So whenever any one of my cards is swiped, I get like six notifications, girl. Like it's on my, it comes up on my Apple Watch. It comes up on my phone. It comes up on my email. Like they let me know when my money is spent because I I want to have that kind of control. <laughs> like I want to know whenever anything over one penny is spent, I need to know. And, you know, some people aren't, They're they're not trying to be so involved in their finances and they want to have it as a separate thing. But money is intertwined with everything that we do.
0: Mm -hmm. Which I think that that's really cool that you mentioned how you get the notifications um, to your phone and like you get all these notifications anytime that you swipe your card. Because um, that's part of your podcast, your Code and Coins podcast, which I think is so awesome because it's a combination of technology and money. And I don't think a lot of people understand the correlation between the two, but I mean, it's 2020 and these two things are incredibly intertwined now.
1: Yes, Code and Coin is my brainchild, it's my baby, and I love doing it with my um, my really good friend, Naima. So yeah, we we realized that a lot of the fi- personal finance podcasts out now are not focused or don't really talk about the technology that comes with personal finance and the advancements that are happening within the personal finance world. And we saw a need and we decided that we wanted to create something that was really special and relatable for a lot of people to understand the technology side of personal finance. And a lot of times the all the FinTech podcasts that are out now are really only focused on the business side of the of FinTech and how businesses are growing and what they're doing, VCs and stuff like that. And that's super interesting, but how the hell does that help me as a consumer like <laughs> how does how does understanding how many users Robinhood has for me if i i don't get it doesn't make any sense to me how does that how does that really translate right and we decided that we wanted a consumer-based um podcast to help educate people of how to use the tech, not just say, oh, well, you can download the Robinhood app, but what's, what's good about it? Like, you know, what's really good. What do I use this app for? What's the benefits of it? What's the cons of it? And how does, how, how do I intertwine that with my own personal finances, which
0: yeah, I've I really enjoyed you guys' podcast, just learning um, all the different things, different ways that my money, some of those things I've actually already utilized, and then some of them I had no idea was even an option. And I'm still trying to learn about the whole Bitcoin, you know, that whole thing, but your podcast. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Me. Oh, my gosh. Gloria was so Dope. She was such a great help. And we we probably will definitely have to do another episode around Bitcoin and cryptocurrency because there is definitely a fear of technology. There's definitely a technophobia around technology when it comes to your finances. But you know, we want to show people that you don't need to be scared about the technology and you need to embrace it. And the quicker you embrace and adopt the new technologies, the more ahead you'll be. And I think a lot of times, us as Black people are very skeptical about some of the technologies that are evolving, especially when it comes to our finances. And we would rather wait to see how long, how, see other people using it and things like that and by the time you wait for other people around you to adopt it it's going to have changed and and you really have to sometimes get on the ground floor and be be willing to risk it
0: yeah with risk with um great risk comes great reward so i i feel you on that i'm with you Okay, so before we go ahead and get out of here and I let you go, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the stimulus checks that everyone is getting. So everybody's getting their like $1,200 as long as you filed your taxes, you're going to be getting your $1,200 and if you have kids, even more than that. What would you suggest people do? How would you suggest people utilize their, their stimulus
1: checks? So it depends on where you are in your life, right? If you are somebody who was affected very severely by the coronavirus and you've lost your job, use that money to pay your bills, okay? Like, that makes sense. Like, you have to survive. And money is here to help you not only survive, but thrive. And if you have, if you're back back on some bills or you have lost your, your income, definitely use that money to pay your bills and do that so you can survive because that that's what you need to do and i want you to survive and we want you to survive so you definitely need to use that money to to pay pay whatever bills that need to be paid for your survival now if you Mm -hmm. have already paid off those bills or maybe you didn't lose your job like me. I still got the the full the full stimulus. And um, just a little clarification: if you made up to seventy five thousand, if you made seventy five thousand dollars or less after tax for your um, on your taxes, so that's your AGI or your adjusted gross income. You that's the number that they're looking at. They're looking at your AGI to see how much was how much money you brought in in the last year right so if you made less than Mm -hmm. $75,000 then you get the full $1,200 if you made anywhere between $75,001 and um, $99,000 as a (laughs) single person you receive a little bit less it won't be the the entire twelve thousand. You'll receive some money, but not the entire twelve hundred. I think I said twelve thousand. I meant twelve hundred. <laughs> you get the yeah, sorry, twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. If you make but so you won't get the full amount, but you'll get a partial payment. And then as a single person, if you make over ninety-nine thousand by yourself, you do not get the stimulus check. And um, I I have friends like who ha- who did get a partial payment, and then like myself, like I said, I make under the seventy five, so I got the full check. And but I still am working. my My income has not been affected. So one thing that I wanted to do is give back to my community. So um, next week I'm doing a IG live series. I don't know when this is coming out, but it's from May. Um, sorry for the end of financial literacy month. So April 27th through the 30th, we're doing an IG live series and I'm giving away some of my stimulus check to some people who really need it part of my community because I'm so thankful for them. And that was that's one of my ways to do it i invested some of it i'm giving away some of it and the other part i'm saving because my income wasn't disrupted now if your income was not disrupted and you're like me you need to be saving if your um if your savings is stacked then pay off a bill or two pay off some bills or pay off some credits because some some things that you owe and if all else fails, you can buy yourself a new bag, girl, and and save the rest. Like, I don't <laughs> care. Buy what makes you happy just as long as your bills are paid and your savings are stacked. Facts. That
0: is wonderful advice thank you so much Michael. thank you for doing this interview thank you for hanging out with the Royal Tribe so let everybody know where we can follow you and anything that you have coming up that you want the Royal Tribe to be a part of thank you so much for inviting me
1: first I'm super excited to just be a part of this um, you can find me on the interwebs at bougiebudgets.com. So B-O-U-J-I-E, because Bougie with a G looks like boogie to me. So I, I like uh, so bougie <laughs> budgets B-U-D B-U-G I oh, can I spell bougie budgets B-U-J-I-E B-U-D-G-E-T-S dot com. And you can do it with or without the S. I still think it it takes you to my my homepage. And you can get all of the good things on there. And I have a lot of freebies. I have um, some things to help with goal setting and even a script to help you navigate calling your creditors. So that is something that I also have on my website. So definitely check that out. And then you can find me on Instagram at the bougie budgeter so t-h e b o u j i e b u d g e t e r um yeah and i'm everywhere at bougie budgeter you can definitely reach out to me send me a dm if it's not crazy because if it's crazy i'm gonna block you but <laughs> But I I'm serious. I love to help people. I love when you share your financial wins. You know, if you paid off a bill today, you, you can um, shoot me a DM and say, hey, girl, I just paid my car note today and I feel good and I will celebrate with you. I, I love when people reach out to me and just tell me how they're feeling about their money and just their wins. Your wins are my wins. It makes me feel great. And um, I also have a workbook. So if you loved everything that I talked about, especially when it came to the financial flow, or you wanted a little bit more information, I have a workbook that is called Financially Innovative, and it is the guide to avoid financial rock bottom and finance your best life. You can get it on my website, and definitely I'll send uh, send the link for you to um, give to the to give to your listeners. And if your listeners put in code the code Queen X, they can get twenty dollars off of their workbook. So originally it is thirty nine dollars. You can get it for nineteen ninety five. So you can really start learning how to finance your best life and get your personal finances in order.
0: at y'all michael coming through for the royal tribe okay nope she don't do that for just everybody that is for the royal tribe thank, thank you so much you. i
1: had such a great time chatting and yeah
0: yes well i'm definitely gonna link everybody to your website i'll make sure to put the link for your website the link for the the code in um code and coin podcast And I will put in um, that code so that they can remember to put that code in whenever they purchase their workbooks. And we will talk to you later, Michael. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Bye. Okay, y'all, gems on gems on gems on gems. I know that you guys enjoyed that. I hope that you go back in this episode, take some notes, really listen to what Michael said, take some of what Michael said, throw that in there with some of what Bronto was talking about in our first week's episode, and get on your get on your financial game. Let's all prosper together. We Just because we're in a pandemic, just because the country's going to shit right now because the orange man is doing what he doing, doesn't mean that we gotta fall victim you know, let's get ahead of it, start being diligent and practicing these things ahead of time um, so we can all prosper and be financially successful or at least financially stable together. So next month is going to be the month of May, and I wanted to kind of give you guys a little preview about what we're going to be discussing in May. So in May, I'm going to be doing episodes that are all about confidence and self-esteem. I get tons and tons and tons of emails, questions in my dms um, comments on facebook about self-esteem and about confidence so i really wanted to target and talk about that especially next month and so i have a series of episodes that i'm going to be putting out next month that is going to be all about confidence and self-esteem so in the meantime and in between time, what you guys can do is hop on over to the Patreon, check out some of my free content, hop on over to YouTube, and check out some of my free content. I have been uploading or editing a lot more videos that I'm gonna be uploading onto the YouTube channel as well as putting some more free content over on Patreon. I really want you guys to enjoy that. And if you're really feeling the content that I have on Patreon, become a Patreon member. $2 a month is going to get you a guaranteed shout-out here on the Queen Next podcast. $5 a month is going to get you that shout-out, plus it's going to get you some really dope content, the stuff that I'm putting out there, exclusive videos with me and the Roz, vacation trips that I've been taking with my sister that I can will continue to take whenever uh, outside opens back up and we can do some more traveling, as well as probably some cooking things, some things that are going to be showing you. Like, I've been on the road with the Roz for, what now, two months? Um, and life on the road is a lot different than life at home. So I have all kinds of video content that I've been editing and putting together to be able to show you guys how we live our day-to-day life here on the truck, um, traveling from coast to coast, and all of that will be on Patreon. And then when you donate $15, a one-time donation, $15 a month or one month, you get, um, one of the buttons that i have created for the queen x podcast either the free spirited sister or ash free mindset button and um, all of the content plus the shout out i mean it's a pretty good deal if i do say so myself so the link for the patreon will also be in the description for this episode thank you guys so much for hanging out with me make sure that you follow me on twitter and instagram at queen x pod join the royal family the royal tribe group on facebook and if you guys have any questions or comments about next month's uh, theme for the queen x podcast focusing on self-esteem and confidence then you can email them to me at hello at queenx.co or just dm me on instagram peace y'all